Life by Divine with Sue DeMay fosters deep healing and profound awakenings as she guides you to hear, answer, and trust the highest calling of your heart. Your host and sacred guide is global impact visionary leader Sue DeMay, a best-selling author, international speaker, and gifted intuitive healer who challenges all of us to shift from life by default or even life by design to truly living life by divine. And now, here is Sue DeMay. Welcome to the show and excited to be here once again with you and to share some insights, some guidance, some sprinkles of love into your life, into your heart, and into your world. Today, I want to talk about how to meet the ego in others and meet it with love. I know that this is one thing that a lot of people have been asking me for recently a lot, and people have been commenting, clients and members and stuff have been asking, you know, how do I navigate other people's ego? Now, it's one thing to navigate your own. It's a challenge to navigate yourself, your own ego, and it can be even more of a challenge to navigate someone else's ego. So today we're going to dive into some perspectives, some understandings around the nature of the ego that will allow you to meet other people in their ego with love, compassion, and understanding. When we create a level of understanding for ourselves, we can actually meet people in that space of compassion and empathy and be able to play the role we're meant to play without getting caught up, without adding our own fear or getting triggered and getting defensive when we're actually meeting other people's egos. Now, the very first thing I'm going to say is I'm going to teach you as much as I can in this time, but just know that this is not an easy practice and it will take your attention and intention and focus and practice. And there will be times where it will be easier And there will be times where it will feel impossible and there will be times where it may feel hard, but I'm going to encourage you to keep doing the work. It's essential that we keep doing the work. And the more we can meet other people's egos with love and compassion and understanding, the more we're going to be able to feel more connected, create community, come back and feel more united in love again. Right now, there's this great divide. There's this great experience of separation. And we've all kind of felt or believed in in separation for a long time. But what's happening right now is there's a great divide. And it's playing out the way it needs to, although on a human level, it looks like things are getting worse. They're just getting uncovered. And in that process of things getting uncovered, there is an appearance of division and separation. But if you actually kind of step back and see more of a global perspective, you'll actually possibly see, if not borrow my my belief or borrow my visions and, and the downloads that I've received around it, there's if you draw your attention back and you kind of zoom out from more of a global perspective, a soul's perspective, 
God's perspective or the universe's perspective, the divine perspective, what we're seeing is pockets of unification. And in these pockets of unification, there appears to be division between two pockets. But as one group comes together and stands united in love, another group is triggered. That's the nature of how we're actually going to heal all of these human experiences, all these, all the history, all the collective consciousness, all the stuff that we need to clear in this, in this time. It's essential that we allow these processes to happen. We allow this to play out the way it needs to, and that we're willing to play our role. If we're meant to have a voice, we stand up and have a voice. If we're meant to remain silent, we, we stand in silence. If we're meant to play a role, then your willingness to play that role from a place of love versus from a place of fear will determine the impact and the outcome. When we meet fear with love, love expands. When you meet fear with fear, fear expands every time. When we can stand in love, and meet another person, when they're caught up in their ego and caught up in fear, we actually, there's an opportunity there. There's an invitation for a miracle. There's an invitation for healing. There's an invitation for a shift that can occur. It's in that moment that we stand and hold our light, that we stand in love. We become love in action. Now, the misconception is a lot of people believe that if they're love in action and they meet fear, they meet someone else's ego with love, that that person will shift and change into love. That doesn't always happen. We need to hold steady. We need to stand strong. We need to stay in our role as love in action because sometimes that love is actually met with more resistance or more fear or a stronger ego, or a defensive ego, or the spiritual ego, or even the super ego. I'm going to share as much as I can around the ego today and, and give you as much understanding as possible so that you can navigate your own ego, but also the ego in others. And just know that a lot of times when we meet other people and their ego is kind of in our face or really prominent and we are triggered by that, that's where our ego steps in. So it's important to really catch yourself and practice present moment awareness, really be aware of your triggers, aware of how you're feeling in the moment. And it's a real conscious choice. And there's times, like I said, where it will be easier than others. But every choice for love has impact. Every time we choose to go within and choose love again, we are creating a ripple effect. We are having an impact. And sometimes we can see evidence of that impact, and sometimes we will have to trust that it's happening. It is happening. We don't always get to see it. So. Let me backtrack a little bit and just talk a little bit about first the nature of the ego. Now, 
if you want to learn more about the ego, I, I'm giving pieces of this in all my radio shows. You can go back to other radio show episodes, podcasts, and listen to my radio show and listen to the replays and get more of an understanding of what your ego is. Today, I'm going to dive into a little bit of the nature of the ego, but I have talked about it in previous episodes. The other thing you can do is pick up one copy of my book, The Evolution of the Ego. And this is a journey to unwind your ego, embrace your humanness, and embody your divinity. So the book itself goes through the ego personas, this, the different stages of the ego's evolution, understanding the ego. It's very well held in, in an understanding of the ego. It'll give you a good grip and of understanding. The other thing to add to that, if you want to couple the two, add the Ego Game of Opposites Masterclass on my website. There's a free option to take it. And the Ego Game of Opposites, uh, the Ego Game of Opposites plus the Evolution of the Ego book, the two of those things would actually really take you far in understanding and helping you unwind your ego. So for now, a lot of what I'm going to be sharing is, is in those two resources as well. And then there's a few little snippets of new stuff that I've received since I've established those two tools. Let's begin with the nature of the ego. The nature of the ego is our teacher of fear. And the ego is designed so that we can have a experience of being human, an experience of being separate from other humans. So the ego teaches us fear and helps us understand separation. Now, the truth is we are not separate. We are one. In the experience of the ego, in our human experience as letting the ego kind of lead our way, we will experience fear and we will experience separateness. We will feel separate from, separate from everyone else, physically mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and energetically. Now, when we look at ego as our teacher of fear, it's a master teacher of fear. It knows fear so well. It will give us the deepest, most profound experience of fear possible. And in that experience of fear, we will experience the contrast of love. When we have the experience of contrast, it allows us to really make a conscious choice as humans to stay in fear or to choose love, to remain in the darkness or to choose the light, to remain in the density or to step into the expansion, expanded energy of love. So the experience of contrast is something that we as humans have a lot of. And that experience of contrast is really powerful because we live in an experience of duality. Our ego teaches us duality, light and dark, good and bad, love and fear. And when we have those experiences of duality and contrast, we're actually able to make a conscious choice as a human for love or a conscious choice for light or a conscious choice to release the hold that ego has over us and choose spirit 
which is our other teacher. So you have two teachers, the teacher of fear, which is the ego, the teacher of separation, which is the ego, or the teacher of, that I call spirit. And you can call it your heart, your soul. It doesn't matter what you call it. It's the meaning you place behind it. Spirit, as your teacher, your inner spirit, teaches you love, teaches you oneness, helps you remember the truth of who you are, which is your true essence is love. And you are one with everything, everywhere, all together, all at once. That's the truth. In our humanness, we can't comprehend that instantly. We can't remember that right away. So we need these experiences of contrast to remind us of the truth. Depending on our history and our programming, depending on what happens in our mind and what has happened in our mind, the beliefs and thoughts we have, the programming that we received growing up, the experiences we had, the memories we have, the past, all of those things will feed the ego and feed our fears and keep us in that programming of separation, duality, and fear-based understandings. Spirit is able to meet us in our humanness and remind us of our divinity. When we tune into our spirit or we follow our heart and lead with love, we're making a conscious choice to allow our human mind to be unwound, unprogrammed, or reprogrammed. So I often talk about the Intuition Academy being a process of unlearning, unwinding, unschooling, undoing. It's all about unplugging, unprogramming everything and laying a new foundation because the foundation that we're all standing on is based on our ego's experience and the programming that we received growing up, which is all based on fear, majority of it based on fear. When we have a level of understanding that we can make a conscious choice for love or fear, we can make a conscious choice to have ego as our teacher or spirit as our teacher, then we are actually going to feel empowered. And I want to just help you understand too that the ego is not the enemy. Fear is not the enemy. Fear is an experience. It's an emotional charged experience. And it's not wrong, it's not bad, it just is. It's part of our human experience. To be human, to have that human experience, we need the programming or beliefs that we're separate. We're a separate body having a separate experience from everybody else. And for the longest time, we're taught that we are totally separate and nothing we do influences other people's experience other than direct contact, but indirectly we're influencing the whole, the whole of humanity, the whole, all of us, every, everywhere, all together, all at once. Everything you do impacts all. Everything you think, 
everything you don't think. Everything you do, everything you don't do impacts everyone everywhere all together all at once because we are connected, we are one. The ego's, the purpose of the ego in the beginning is to give us an experience of separation and to have our human experience and to understand fear as a contrast to love. And it's purposeful in the beginning. The ego is purposeful in the beginning until it's not. And when we start to recognize the ego, we start to unwind and we start to remember the truth of who we are. We start to let go of the ego and let go of the hold it has over us. And we start to change our relationship with fear and change our programming in our minds and heal the leftovers we have that are influencing or impacting our ability or blocking our ability to, to be in love, to stand in love. As soon as we start to create more awareness and start to shift, the ego evolves and changes. Now, this is where the ego then evolves to a point where it kind of takes over because it's threatened. Its sole job is to help you buy into fear, keep you convinced of fear, to keep you protected and safe and keep you playing small and not taking risks. The moment you become aware that that's what's happening, the moment you shine light on the ego, that's when the ego evolves because the ego is threatened by your awareness. It's threatened by your choice or your conscious choice for love over fear. It's it, survival depends on you buying into fear. And if you're making a choice for spirit as your teacher, and you're saying yes to spirit as your teacher, you're saying yes to love. By default, you're saying no to fear. You're saying no to the ego. And the ego does not like that because its survival depends on you buying into fear and aligning with ego as your teacher. So it evolves. And there's 10 stages of evolution I talk about in my book. And then there's one additional one that I learned about on the day that I launched my book, basically. It was already in print, which, which I call the superego. But the evolution is helping us again deepen our experience as a human and embrace our humanness, but learning to embody our divinity. So it's not one or the other because we're still human. We're still having this human experience. And to be able to do both is really what's being called forth for us right now. To understand that we can be in our humanness, have this human experience, play the role that we're meant to as this human being and embody our divinity and allow our true essence to animate us as love, for love. So up until recently, all of us have been animated by fear, mostly fear. And more and more people are allowing themselves to be a vessel for love or a messenger of love. And that requires that we accept and surrender our humanness, allow 
ourselves to be in our human experience and embody our divinity at the same time. We need both. Now, so we understand our own ego evolves and our own ego has these tricks at place with us. And there's times where it's really challenging to navigate our own ego. Now let's add other people's ego into the pot. As soon as you start to stir up your own ego's fear and your own ego's agenda, its tactics and mind games, and you add someone else's, it makes it even more challenging to navigate. Although there's times where it's easier to see the ego in somebody else than in ourselves, when we're triggered by someone else's ego, we are basically making a choice to let ego take charge. And we're meeting their ego with our ego, which expands fear and only fear. The more you understand your own ego, the more you understand the nature of the ego, the more you can see it in others, the better understanding you have, then you can actually come from a place of compassion and empathy. Compassion and empathy for yourself, but also compassion and empathy for others. The ego is a strong presence in a lot of people's lives. And the the fear-based programming runs deep in the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. There's a lot of blind spots when it comes to the ego and a lot of really cleverly hidden ego mind games, like the ego game of opposites. The ego game of opposites is like a virus that runs in the background of the mind's computer. And it's just like a computer virus. You don't even know it's there, but it's drawing on your energy. It's pulling on your systems. It's impacting you in ways you don't even realize. And it's influencing every decision you make. It's like a filter that you're not aware of. The same way you can have a computer virus and not have any awareness that there's a computer virus. Every once in a while you see something glitchy and you can't quite figure out why. The way the ego game of opposite works is it ends up creating experiences of self-sabotage and behaviors that we, even when we know better on a conscious level, we feel like those behaviors feel uncontrollable because the ego has a really strong influence in the background. These are the the common kind of blind spots. It's like having a crazy ego dictionary definition in your mind and you don't know it's there. And it's influencing every decision you make. And we can easily go into judgment of ourselves or easily go into judgments of others. But that's ego. Judgment is of the ego. If you're judging, you're in ego, period. If you're observing, that's different. In every moment, we can look out into the world and see what's happening and we can observe from a place of spirit, see through the lens of the divine, get a guidance as to what role we're meant to play, what action we're meant to take, how love and action would look or feel, or we're in judgment. And I promise you, you 
will have a challenging time unwinding from the default setting of judgment because it's so deeply programmed in our mind. The human mind is full of judgment. And it's a default setting that has been put in place from very, very early on. When we meet other people's ego and we can stand in love and we can receive guidance and play the role we're meant to play, we can actually make a big shift in our lives and impact the situation. Even though it doesn't necessarily, it may not play out really pretty, it may still look ugly and messy, it's essential that we'd be willing to play those parts. When we understand that the nature of the ego is fear and that it only knows fear and that it's deeply programmed in the recesses of our subconscious mind, we can understand how with some people, it feels uncontrollable. It feels like it's just the way they are. And that may be the ego has a really strong influence on their personality, but it's not the truth of who they are. When we have the ego really deeply embedded and our lives are really deeply embedded in fear, it feels almost impossible to find our way out. But it's in those moments where we make a conscious choice over and over and over again, where we start to unwind and change the programming. When you meet someone else's ego and you can witness it, instead of judge it, you'll be able to navigate and discern what your role is what you meant to say, how you meant to say it, when you meant to say it, and in what circumstances. When you get triggered, this is where we can have these knee-jerk reactions or these kind of default settings and we can become emotionally charged and defensive. The moment we're triggered, the moment we feel resistance, that's a finger pointing to something within us that needs to heal. The challenge is the ego will take it and project it onto somebody else. It uses projection and judgment to make us feel a little bit better about ourselves and cast blame on them. If they would change, if they just would be different, if they would just choose love, then everything would be better. So the, the real challenge is not to change them from fear to love. The real challenge is for you to hold your light, for you to stand in love despite their choice for fear and despite whether their choice is conscious or subconscious. Most times, most people at this point are operating from a big blind spot and don't even realize that they're being controlled or driven by the ego, driven by fear. The challenge also comes in when those that understand the ego or understand fear have been influenced by the spiritual ego. The spiritual ego is one of the most challenging egos to navigate. 
it's the most challenging to discover and uncover within yourself. Most people need someone to help them see it. And even then we're really defensive to, to be, you know, to have it pointed to. And it's even more challenging to navigate in others because the, the spiritual ego is a very defensive ego. It's a very entitled ego and it's disguised as love. It's disguised as spirituality. It's disguised as caring. It's disguised as being a martyr. And it's really challenging to navigate. Now, like I said in my book, The Evolution of the Ego, there are tools in there and, and a good understanding of how to navigate your own ego. It will also give you tools on how to navigate other people's egos. But for today, I just want to give you a, a big understanding as much as I can and then give you some ideas of how you can navigate when you come in contact with other people's egos, when you meet their ego in your everyday life situations. When I was recently, I'm still kind of in the, in the middle of the, the mucky situation. I've talked about it. I've alluded to it. I'm not going to go into details about it because there's, there's some legalities behind it and stuff like that. So I need to kind of be aware of what, what I share and what I don't share. just feels like it's actually not supportive to share too many details as we're moving through this process. And at the same time, I really feel that I'm meant to play a, an integral role in kind of cleaning, cleaning some stuff up. And what I'm encountering is someone's superego. And the superego is very entitled. And the superego believes on a really deep level that they're doing the right thing. Even though it's clear to other people that it's not. Even though it, what they're doing is not okay, there is some place inside of them that believes that, that they're doing the right thing. Which makes it even more challenging. And then the individual that I'm kind of in contact with is also a very good manipulator, master manipulator, and plays a really good role of being the good person, doing the right thing, in it, in it for, the, for the, the community, and pretending to be selfless. And it's really challenging to witness that and to know and understand the truth and to see them manipulate others. My choice to remain as a beacon of love is what I make a conscious choice to do every moment of every day, especially when I'm faced with some action that's required. And I have triggers. I am triggered by the situation. So every time I'm triggered, that's a moment for me, if I'm able to in that moment, to pause and step back and go, okay, what is this trigger about? What am I feeling? Because the ego wants the triggers to be about that person and their behavior and what they're doing and it being wrong and, and judging. So if I bring it back into myself and I ask, where do I feel this and what do I feel? The trigger is mine. The emotional charge is mine. So I keep 
keeping myself kind of in check here by bringing my awareness back inward and going, okay, where am I triggered and what do I feel? Where in my body and what feeling or emotion is present? And just in that, just in that action, we can create awareness and process what we need to process and then step back into the situation from a different place. So the moment I'm triggered and I look at it, I bring my awareness inward and I look at it and I process it and I move through it. Then I'm actually making a conscious choice for love because I'm being the compassionate witness for my own process. I'm being the compassionate witness for my leftovers. I'm making a conscious choice to heal and use the situation to heal. And then I step back in and I can witness that person without the trigger or with less of a trigger. If I ignore the trigger, if I don't acknowledge it, it's a point of weakness for the ego and the ego comes in and makes it all about that person, uses projection, uses judgment, uses all different kinds of things to cast blame and help me feel entitled or justified. And the ego's really good at disguising itself as love as well. And it can hijack caring. It can hijack passion. It can hijack justice. And what I'm standing for in this situation is integrity, honesty, and community, and transparency. The ego can hijack any one of those things. So this level of divine discernment that comes in is essential for you to be able to identify when the ego is coming in disguised as love and it feels subtle. A lot of times it's a very subtle shift in energy and I've become very attuned to be able to identify any presence of fear. When I tune in, I can feel it. I can sense it in the background and within myself and within others, I've become more attuned to it. And your practicing divine discernment will allow you to become more attuned to it. It'll allow you to feel more empowered when you feel triggered or more empowered when you have those moments where you're meeting someone and you're feeling reactive or defensive. And when you can pause and kind of pull back and look within, so where am I defending? What am I defending? Where do I feel defensive and what am I defending? If you're triggered, where do I feel the trigger? What is it that I'm feeling? What emotion? And when we have the projection of blame and shame on others, we can pull that back and look at our own stuff again. So it's kind of counterintuitive for people when they meet other people's egos. It's like, well, it's about them. They should change. And I should look at how to change their fear and change their programming. I'm like, nope, pause, pull it back, change your own. 
change how you're seeing them. You can witness their ego. You can witness their choice for fear. You can witness their behavior. It doesn't mean that you'll stand for it. it doesn't mean that you accept it. it. doesn't mean that you allow them to walk all over you. It doesn't mean that you don't stand up in love and say, no, that's not okay. But you can witness it and you can see where they're coming from. So I've developed a deep level of compassion and empathy for this individual and the other individuals that are involved. I understand where they're coming from. I understand that they're driven by fear. I understand that they're driven by ego and power, which comes from a lack of security or, or how they feel about themselves really deep down past trauma, pain, insecurities, whatever it is. When I have that level of empathy and compassion, I can meet them with love and stand in love. And sometimes love in action doesn't sound kind. It doesn't sound pretty. It doesn't sound nice. I can see other people in their humanness and I can see how their ego has hijacked them and how they're projecting fear out into the world and what's driving their behaviors. I can see all of that. I can have compassion and empathy and understanding. And at the same time, I can stand in love and say, what you're doing is not okay. You need to stop. I had someone recently, I had a couple people recently tell me, you know, there's corruption everywhere. You should just accept that. It's, there's corruption everywhere. And I said, well, I can accept that there is corruption everywhere. But I do not accept that it needs to be everywhere. And I do not accept and allow it to be everywhere when there's a role that I'm meant to play to stop it. There's pain and suffering everywhere. You can find evidence of that. And you can accept that there's pain and suffering everywhere. But what we don't need to accept is that there's nothing we can do about it or that it's too big for one person to make a difference. That's all ego. It's all ego convincing us that we can't possibly take that on, that we can't possibly have an impact. I'm not taking on corruption all around the world. I'm taking on corruption in one specific area, in one specific community and then taking a stand. I'm standing in love. It's love in action. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to play out. But I can't stand by, stand by and do nothing and accept that it just, just is what it is. No, it is what it is, and I have a role to play. Therefore, I'm playing it. 
and I'm playing it the best way I know how. And I'm meeting the fear with love. And sometimes that's accepted and sometimes that's resisted. But I'm going to do it anyways. I can accept that there's corruption in the world. I can accept that there's pain and suffering in the world. And I can accept the role that I'm meant to play to change or shift or impact people's lives. That's what I'm choosing. I'm making a conscious choice for love over and over and over again. And in every moment that I'm triggered, I'm forgiving. And every moment that I feel resistant, I look at it. And every moment I feel like there's some leftovers or it's bumping up against something or I feel defensive, I'm looking at that within myself. Every time I have a judgment, I look at that judgment, I turn it back inward. Where do I believe that about myself? Where, where am I triggered? Where am I holding that judgment within me? The mirror ego is one of the egos that I talk about in my book. And when we see it in another, it's often in, our, in ourselves as well. And I know for me, as I'm witnessing these individuals take these actions that are very questionable, I feel this guilt rising up. And it's really interesting because it's not, I don't feel guilty because of their actions, but I feel their guilt. I feel a collective guilt. And then I look back inside myself and go, well, where do I have leftover guilt from choices that I made in my life that I feel bad about? So there's a real process of looking at what's happening in the world bringing it back in and processing what's happening inside of you. So it's like your inner environment needs to be cleared. And that will actually change your outer environment. It'll change the perspective you hold. It'll change your experience. And it will have impact on the outer environment. But your inner world is what needs to change as well as the outer world. And we can't change the outer world without changing our inner world, changing our mind, changing our thoughts, changing our beliefs, healing our leftover emotions, healing the leftover trauma, processing our past experiences, clearing our history anchors. And there's times where maybe as a child, you didn't stand up and have a voice or you didn't stand up for someone else. And maybe as an adult, in order to heal that past experience, you need to do that now. And I feel like that's what's happening for me. It's like those times where I didn't feel like I had a voice or I couldn't stand up for others and I felt helpless. I'm standing in love now and I feel empowered. And yes, there are moments where I feel beaten because there's arrows coming in my direction. But I imagine this beautiful force field of love around me and I see the arrows coming at the force field and like just dissolving as they touch the field. 
and I'm standing more and more solid in love. This whole situation this last couple months has really strengthened my faith. It's deepened my trust. And it's allowed me to have a profound human experience and understanding of the power of a choice for love and the power of standing up and playing the role I'm meant to play and the impact that has not only within me, but those that are around me as well. It's not easy to meet other people's egos. It's not easy to navigate. But there is a way. And if you're trying to do it on a human level, you'll be limited because you'll be operating from a human perspective. You'll be filtering the world and the situation and that person through your human vision, which is limited. So in those moments where I feel like I need to surrender and I need a different perspective, I ask for one. I ask my heart, show me another way to see this situation. What would love do? What would love in action look like, feel like, be like in this moment? What would you have me do? Because on a human level, I do not know. Show me, guide me, direct me. So the surrender is not giving up. The surrender is here's all my personal preferences, my ideas, my thoughts, my beliefs, my perspectives. And I offer them all over to spirit as my teacher of love. And I say, here, hold these all for me. Because on this human perspective, I cannot see how this is going to play out. And I'm having trouble seeing through the lens of compassion and empathy and understanding. I'm having trouble seeing this situation through the lens of love. So show me another way. Guide me, lead me, direct me. Show me another perspective. It's in those moments where we can forgive. We forgive it all over. That's deep surrender. It's in that moment where we forgive the current perspective we're holding, our challenges, our judgments. Forgive it all and ask for guidance. Ask to be shown. Ask for direction. And what we're doing is asking our soul, our spirit, God, the divine, from your perspective, only you see the grand plan playing out. Only you can orchestrate all of this. Only you can meet us all in our humanness, all at the same time, and support all of us to rise up above fear, to rise beyond the stronghold the ego has had 
on each of our minds and each of our lives. Only spirit can meet us in our humanness and remind us of our divinity. And as you're listening right now to this message, this is spirit speaking through me. So it may appear that here in my human self, as Sue Dumay, host of Life by Divine, that I'm speaking to you and that I'm meeting you in your humanness and reminding you of your divinity. And in some ways that's true because on a human-to-human interaction and that human-to-human level, we're connecting. I'm speaking to your heart. I'm speaking straight into your soul. I'm reminding you of the truth of who you are. But in truth, I'm being used as a vessel for love. I'm being animated by the divine to send a message to you in a way that you can most receive it in a way that will land as deeply as it possibly can in this moment. To empower you, to fill you up, to help you rise and stand in love. To become love in action. To expand love in your life so that you become a beautiful house of light, so that you become a lighthouse a beacon, illuminating the path for others. In this moment, I am the symbol of spirit. I am speaking spirit through my words. The same spirit that speaks to you speaks through me. I'm reminding you. I'm helping you remember We all need reminders. We all need symbols of spirit in our life. And those symbols can come in as a radio show, as a book, can come in as a brief encounter with a stranger, can come in as a symbol in our lives. Many different ways. My invitation to you today, in this moment, as you're hearing my voice, is for you to go within and make a conscious choice for love. Right here, right now. What would love do? What would love say? What would love in action look like, feel like, be like? Surrender your entire world, your entire life, all your thoughts, all your beliefs, everything. I give you my everything, Spirit. Show me the way. That is life by divine. And it's in that beautiful, deep surrender that we forgive all of it over. And we can be guided and directed to move out of fear, to heal all the ways that fear is still holding us, 
and to stand in love, to make a conscious choice for spirit to be our guide, our spirit, our teacher, our director. And what we're really truly saying is, I am one with the divine and I'm choosing to allow the divine to lead my life, my human experience, to guide me in my humanness. Divine love in action. Go within. Start right now. Make a conscious choice for love. Ask to be shown how to see the world through a lens of love. Ask to be shown divine sight. Ask to be shown a divine perspective. It all begins within you. Just say yes. Just begin with the energy of yes. Just say yes and see what happens. I love you. I appreciate you. I see you. I honor you. Until next time. Namaste. The Heart-Led Living Intuition Academy with Sue DeMay is a unique, unschooling experience designed to unwind, clear, and align your intuitive channel. And the doors are open for you now. Experience unwavering faith and deep trust in your intuition as you strengthen your connection to source, allowing you to walk through every moment with more peace, confidence, clarity, and certainty. Experience this deep personal transformation with Sue's guidance, including the option to share what you learn as a certified intuitive coach. This is your time to unwind and reprogram your mind, to rebuild your foundation and realign with your intuitive heart. Enrollment is now open. Apply today at heartledliving.com forward slash intuition academy. Again, that's heartledliving.com forward slash intuition academy. You've been listening to Life by Divine with your host, Sue DeMay. Shift your consciousness from head to heart and enliven your soul as you discover how to lead with your heart and live your own life by divine. Join Sue in the growing global heart-led living community at heartledliving.com. That is heartledliving.com.